it's just not possible to gain that much in value that quickly with declining revenue. And that's when I really had the epiphany that investing was not about stocks and bonds. Investing is about innovation. The belief is if there's a new piece of information, that it will be instantly incorporated into the price of the stock or the bond or whatever. But that's not how people change their minds. Welcome back. I'm Ed Gotham, and you're listening to Opto Sessions, where we interview the top investors and business leaders from around the world, uncovering their secrets to success. You are listening to our latest compilation episode, and today we'll be diving into the scorching world of artificial intelligence and explore its investment potential, as well as applications in sectors like solar energy, insurance, SaaS, and blockchain. But that's not all. We'll also wade into the ongoing debate surrounding AI's impact on employment and productivity. As automation and AI continue to reshape the way we work, questions arise about job displacement and the changing dynamics of the workforce. As the world grapples with the urgent need for sustainable solutions, AI is playing a crucial role in optimizing solar panel efficiency, forecasting energy production and managing power grids. Christy Obiea, CEO of Helogen, explains how AI-enabled concentrated solar energy is driving scalability and cost-effectiveness, paving the path towards a clean and sustainable future. So our technology is a little different from solar PV, which I think most people are familiar with. Solar PV converts the sun's rays into electricity directly, whereas solar thermal technology, which is kind of the the foundation of heliogen technology, uses the heat from the sun. And so essentially what happens is we have a field of mirrors or heliostats, which is a fancy name for mirrors that track the sun. And that field of mirrors points the sun's energy into the top of a tower. And that tower, the top of the tower, we call that the receiver. It receives the sun's rays, becomes the focal point for the aggregation of heat. And so we start out as thermal energy. And what's unique about our technology and about this application of it that Heliogen has invented is the fact that there's a closed loop system and that's where the AI comes in. So the field of mirrors has to be accurately pointed at the top of the tower in order to maximize efficiency. And in prior generations of this technology, there was no communication between the top of the tower and the mirrors. And so, you know, at the beginning of the project, when there's the calibration phase of making sure that the mirrors are pointed in the right place, well, that's a lot of manual calibration effort. When the wind blows really hard, now the mirrors are out of alignment and somebody has to go around and recalibrate. Same thing if the ground settles and you have foundation changes. These are all examples of places where, you know, there needs to be some form of intervention for the mirrors to be constantly and accurately pointing at the right part of the tower to ensure that there's maximum solar thermal energy capture. And so what our solution does is the mirrors actually have a closed loop feedback system with cameras that are around the top of the tower and then the software that automatically adjusts the mirrors in order to always make sure that they're pointed right in the center of the top of the tower. And so that's what's unique. That's what the artificial intelligence does. And it only became possible in the last several years with the NVIDIA GPU processor. So it's an exciting development for the Heliogen innovative team to capitalize on. In insurance, AI is transforming the way risk is assessed, policies are underwritten, and claims are processed. Tim Bixby, CFO at Lemonade, explains how the company is leveraging AI with the goal of disrupting the industry and reshaping the way we think about insurance. So uh, one of the real challenges of traditional insurance companies is also one of their strengths, which is age. And what happens when you've been around for for decades, if not centuries, which many incumbent insurers have been, 
you have the strengths of that. You have the you have the brand, you have the balance sheet, you have the customer trust. But on the other hand, you can struggle a lot with the technology aspect and the data aspect. It's very common that systems are cobbled together over years or, or decades, and that really can impinge on the ability to take advantage of AI or or more intense data availability. And so, yeah, I think in some ways it's easier or more attractive for a new newcomer to come to the market, but it's hard. There's a reason there aren't 50 or 80 lemonades out in the world. It's capital intensive. We've we've been very successful at raising capital to fund and, and build and grow the business. It takes you know deep insurance expertise. And we've got some people on board that that bring decades of experience. We've done that. You have to bring all those things together. And that's made it a market which is really attractive for us, which is again, there's not dozens and dozens of folks doing this, but there's a handful I think who are doing well. From a product perspective, it feels like no one's ahead of us. We're relatively small. And so we do have the challenges of, of scale. We're not yet profitable. And so our focus is really about how do we leverage these tools, whether it's AI or otherwise, build the customer base, get to scale and, and get to profitability. Tim also explains how the AI tools developed by Lemonade are improving internal workflows and overall UX. One of our tools that's built into that system is called Cooper. It's our own internal bot that helps us automate processes. So Cooper is this little, you know, it's a little avatar with a cute little face, but Cooper will show up in the morning and remind me to do something, remind me to send out a notice, remind me to do a performance review, remind me that something task-oriented within the company. Cooper will show up in our tech team and help them push uh, new code out into the server structure to do a test. So things that are just basic things that we do every day that historically would just be... um something that a human wakes up and does, we can automate and push through our own internal bot called called Cooper. We have a similar thing externally. We've got AI Maya who helps us sell policies. So policies are sold in two or three minutes. And what's interesting is it's not a single approach to every customer. In many ways, it's a uniquely customized approach to every customer. There are tens of thousands of different pathways that each customer can take that adjust in real time based on their responses. So every customer is going to have a different set of responses and can take them down a different path. The ultimate goal is the same, understand their risk, price them appropriately, and, and ideally sell them a, a policy. But all of those multiple pathways are, are a thing that we just take for granted that an incumbent might struggle to do in an agent-based approach or a, or a less data-driven or, or platform-driven approach. So these are the kinds of things you can do, again, when you have a single platform built just in the last few years that's designed to do exactly what we need to do. Anthony Ginsberg, CEO of asset management firm Gins Global Index Funds, highlights the widespread adoption of AI within the software as a service sector, emphasizing its convergence with other industries, including robotics, EVs, cybersecurity, and social media. Something that's interesting with AI is we do see you know, people saying, well, can it be utilized in robotics? Can it be utilized in these other areas? There are firms such as electric vehicle players, robotics players that we invest in, who are all utilizing um, uh, automation and uh, algorithms and AI. So we see it as broader than just the hardware story. Yes, so it, it will converge across a number of these teams. Even cybersecurity and social media are employing AI. So for us, it's hard to just narrow it in on two or three companies. We actually see it across the likes of Facebook, Meta, you know, of course, NVIDIA, but but even Apple Computing and some of the robotics players that we've got and some of the other social media firms. And cybersecurity is a company called Palo Alto Networks up in Silicon Valley. That's a leading player in cyber. 
they're all utilizing AI technology. Now, again, they may not be the biggest purchasers of, of the chips from NVIDIA, but they are utilizing it on a software level. So we, we do see it as a very, very large change. And um, yeah, it's going to boost productivity for office workers, in our opinion. Alex Spanovic, co-founder and CEO of blockchain analytics platform Nansen, explains how the firm optimizes its human-machine interplay to efficiently label wallets. The majority of our wallet labels actually comes from automatic processes, whether that's you know algorithms or heuristics and so on. But the manual work is often spent on the more impactful wallets that are responsible for a lot of volume or activity where you might need to investigate more. So it actually becomes kind of a resource allocation problem where you try to send your human resources to spend time on the right wallets, which in itself is an exercise that you use data for. Uh, so we have you know, um, our own dashboards internally to say, hey, these are super active wallets that we don't have labels for. Like, let's send some humans to look at those and figure out what they are. But it is true that, you know, you just can't label 250 million addresses by hand. So the vast majority of those labels are algorithmically generated, but it has this lineage where we can say which algorithm generated it. And then we can also, of course, read the documentation on, you know, how that uh, algorithm was created in the first place. So yeah, that's roughly how it works. It's a combination of man and machine, which by the way, like as a comment on AI more broadly is, is how I see, you know, the next year's evolving as well, that you have an AI co-pilot and then you have humans that work alongside that AI where the AI does like the bulk of the work, but the human's role is to prompt engineer it, to kind of guide it in the right direction and ask it to do specific things and then quality assure the output, right? So even before ChatGPT, we were kind of working very closely with man and machine, you know, hand in hand. As we explore the investment potential of AI, it's important to address the ongoing debate surrounding its impact on employment and productivity. While some experts express concern about job displacement and the automation of tasks, others emphasize that AI has the potential to augment human capabilities, enabling workers to focus on higher value tasks and fostering innovation and productivity gains. Jeff Booth, entrepreneur, technology leader and author of the 2020 book, The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is Key to an Abundant Future, believes AI could ultimately displace all jobs. If labor on your labor is going to be $5 an hour and it doesn't need a coffee break and it doesn't need union fees and it's more intelligent than you. What job is safe if you concentrate AI into Google's hands or Facebook's hands or, or name Elon Musk's hands? Yeah. Do you think he will not change the world to look like the way he wants to versus or any government's hands? They will abuse the power just like all governments do when they have too much power. Mm-hmm. And so the only reason that's us concentrating is because we allow the manipulation of money. So the manipulation of money concentrates all those gains in very few people's hands. That is the point. So do I worry about that? Yes, I worry about that. I'll give you two months ago, ChatGPT came out, $20 a month. Right now you could download ChatGPT for all and have six different models that compete against ChatGPT for free. On your computer, you don't need the internet. So you have the world's, whether you know it or not, every single person listening to this could have the world's information, entire history of the world's information in an AI on their laptop. They don't need the internet after they've downloaded it for free. They don't have to pay $20 a month. And so I just described to you prices falling to the marginal cost of production at an alarming rate. And what you can do with that and what else you can do with that is just mind-blowing. 
if people start uh, uh, start using it. Dan Tapiero, co-founder, CEO, CIO, and managing partner of One Round Table Partners and 10T Holdings, discusses the profound impact of AI on productivity, wages, and employment. We just got hit with probably the single largest deflationary event in history, which is the advent of, you know, I would call applicable AI, ChatGPT4, and now the hundreds of applications on top that are really changing things. We already have companies that are uh, laying off people that are increasing, you know, their efficiencies increasing in their businesses. People tell me, oh, AI is not going to hit for another three, five years. No, no, it's hitting now. It's hitting today. And productivity will go up. Unfortunately, unemployment will go up a little bit. But this is going to put a, a dramatic, you know, pressure on, I think, wages and just prices more generally. You can do a lot more now with your people. And look, even my investor letter that I put out last week, my analyst who puts it together, who I've made sort of head of AI, he used AI to write the letter. And in fact, the one page that we wrote on AI, you know, AI's impact on blockchain, crypto, Web3 businesses, we wrote with AI. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it saved a, a tremendous amount of time I just think it's it's something very new and therefore underappreciated, you know, and, and I think JP Morgan recently put out a study showing that a lot of the gains uh, in the tech, uh, in the NASDAQ, the leading stocks has come as a result of, you know, the markets trying to discount the impact of AI on our new world. On the other hand, Brandon Deere, Chief Strategy Officer at UiPath, a leading provider of enterprise automation software, highlights the historical evidence that technology doesn't displace jobs, but instead creates new and higher value opportunities. I think over the course of, you know, a century plus, it's been proven that the net effect of technology does not reduce jobs, but actually breeds new and uh, higher value jobs. And I think the same is true with automation and, and AI. I think that if used appropriately, you know, will enhance customer experiences, will enhance employee experiences, will give people the opportunity to actually focus on more creative, strategic, fulfilling aspects of their jobs and allow people to achieve more in less time, which will give organizations the ability to achieve more in less time. And what that translates to, like, people are like, oh, uh, you know, I think level one thinking is, you know, this will create cost savings, it'll create boost in productivity. And yes, that's true. I think level two is actually like, how do you redeploy that time in those resources? Maybe it's now freeing up a product manager to go think about, you know, a new product that the company can use to satisfy its customers, um, create more stickiness within their product, or create a whole new bundle by which to sell. It could also mean more money to stand up a site in a new geography that, you know, maybe you haven't had the opportunity to go to market in because you're a bit you know, restraint in a macro that looks like the one today where rates are really high and, you know, growth is challenging. So, you know, I think all of these things are coming at a really great time in terms of where the global economy is. And it's very often that new technologies like this arise in a period of time where the world needs it most. And it's what actually brings us back to the light. Jay Jacobs, U.S. Head of Thematics and Active Equity ETFs at BlackRock, emphasizes how leveraging AI and robotics can boost productivity and reduce costs, offering a crucial solution to challenges in reshoring supply chains. With, uh, you know, supply chain resilience and reshoring of supply chains in the United States, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons why companies want to do that. But the biggest 
a hurdle for these companies to reshore is cost. That if they were manufacturing something overseas and they bring it back to the United States, they're going to have to pay kind of a premium for U.S. labor and manufacturing. The way to combat that is to use technology to make labor more productive. And robotics and artificial intelligence is likely to be one of the most powerful tools for productivity of all time because it enables people to focus on things that humans are good at and allows robots and AI to do things that robots and AI are good at. So, you know, if you think about, you know, the manufacturing process, there's a lot of, you know, difficult things to do for a machine. You know, how to build a a factory, how to implement different technologies in a factory, maybe uh, even part of the assembly line is just it requires too much dexterity or too much creativity to, you know, assemble something. But there's a lot of aspects that are pretty routine, Um, you know, picking up something and putting it in a box, taking something out of a box, putting it on a shelf, um, moving something to different trucks around a a distribution warehouse. A lot more of that can be automated going forward with these advancements in robotics and AI. And we think companies are really going to invest heavily in it to ensure that as they reshore and they bring more manufacturing into the United States and more distribution capabilities, they're going to be leveraging robotics as much as possible to keep those costs low. Jay Jacobs also explores the growing role of robots in healthcare, from assisting surgeons in precision surgeries to service robots in fast food joints. We're seeing robots being utilized more and more in surgeries. So, you know, uh, hip replacements, knee replacements. We're seeing robots that are kind of putting guardrails around where a surgeon might be operating or actually provide a level of precision beyond what the human hand can achieve. So I think that's a really exciting space. You know, we're seeing more service robots, you know, whether it's, you know, fast food joints that are serving coffee given, you know, by a robot. Um, you know, I think right now that uh, is still kind of a very nascent area, but it could be growing very quickly. So I think the reality is um, we are going to be seeing more robots in our everyday lives. Hopefully not because we're all getting knee replacements, although aging populations, yes, we are going to see more knee replacements. But um, more realistically, uh, you know, we've seen it with ChatGPT recently. Like we're going to be interacting with robots because they're providing a service to us in a really seamless way, whether that's helping with search, whether that's helping with as a chatbot, maybe it's serving a cup of coffee. But really, it's all kind of uh, an upward trajectory from here in terms of how often we're going to be interacting with robots going forward. Jay mentions the importance of semiconductors in enabling smarter and more connected robots, emphasizing the significance of data processing and analysis in the field. Uh, semiconductors would be, you know, a huge area to look at because, you know, frankly, um, robots are getting smarter. They have more sensors attached to them. Those, it's creating more data. The data needs to be processed, stored, and analyzed. All of that is coming back to semiconductors. So, you know, you think about, you know, the robots that were building cars, you know, almost, over 40 years ago were not very smart, not very connected, not getting a lot of data. They were simply picking up stuff and putting them down in a pre-programmed way. Now the smartest robots have all kinds of sensors attached to them to understand how close they are to a human, how fast they should be moving, how is this object different than a previous object. All of that data needs to be collected, processed, and, and, uh, and analyzed. Semiconductors really are kind of at the, at the heel of all of that. Um, also, you know, if you look beyond that, uh, you know, I would say um, data in general, kind of companies that are processing data, collecting data, you know, using that to develop our latest generation AI software, obviously big winners as well. I think of robots as the body, AI is the mind, the people that control the most data are going to have the smartest minds. So, um, you know, we look to that space as an as a, as a interesting area as well. 
Throughout this compilation episode, we've explored diverse investment opportunities presented by AI, spanning sectors such as solar, SaaS, insurance, blockchain, healthcare, and semiconductors. Our conversations with experts have highlighted the immense potential AI holds, not just for investors, but for society as a whole. While challenges and concerns exist, our conversation with experts have shown that AI is a powerful catalyst for innovation and economic growth. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Next, we'll delve into the investment philosophies of renowned investors and business leaders, exploring different strategies to achieve alpha and outperform peers. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening, everyone. Just a quick note before we sign off. If you're looking for an easily digestible daily update on the markets, this might be of interest. Opto Updates is our short newsletter sent every day during the trading week, giving you a bulleted list of the top seven stories from the global stock markets. We've done the hard work for you, highlighting relevant opportunities and trends. And in addition, we'll also keep you notified of any new products, stock reports, or webinars from the Opto world. If you're interested, sign up using the link in the show notes. And thanks also to CoFruition for consulting on and producing the show. Until next time. Co-fruition.